You are listening to Let's Talk Tribe, the official Let's Go Tribe podcast. Swung on, lines the deep left field. It is gone! It went deep right. Batista's going to win. Goodbye. Start the fireworks show. This is Let's Talk Tribe, the official Let's Go Tribe podcast, episode 123. I'm your host, Matt Lyons, and on this week's episode, we'll debut a new segment where we go over things about the games from the past week. We'll talk about Bobby Badley and the fact that the Indians still aren't promoting him despite all the home runs he's hit. We'll talk about trade rumors, Trevor Bauer, Shane Bieber, Mike Clevenger, all coming together as one to Voltron into another great rotation for the Indians. We'll talk about uh, Cody Allen's DFA, Clint Frazier option, and Conor Sion being traded to the Yankees. Basically, a lot of old Indians making a lot of moves, and of course, we'll answer your questions. Joining me for all that and more is none other Mr. Merritt Rolfing. Merritt, how you doing? Good. That's good. So how are you? <laughs> I'm very well. Thank you for <laughs> Are you still in your uh, vampire format there? You were a little oh, bit before right. the podcast? Yeah, Matthew, it's I, Merritt. <laughs> I, got, I got nothing. Lord of the dark. <laughs> That's as far as your vampire lore goes. It's just doing the voice. Yeah. I got you nothing got nothing else. else to go. I yeah. turn into mist sometimes. And if you read Dracula, <laughs> you could say he doesn't die at the end. Because he gets stabbed with a Bowie knife. Not an actual stake in the heart, and then a mist rises, and vampires can turn into mist. So, spoiler alert, folks: Dracula never actually died, and in fact, in the hit movie Dracula Dead and Loving It, he looks just like Le- not Liam Neeson. Who is that? Damn, this is gonna bother you're me. all alone on this one. I got nothing. So, who was in Police <laughs> Squad? <laughs> Police? I've never heard of that either. Uh, My old movie Naked knowledge Gun? is not high. Who's in Naked Gun? Um, oh. Leslie Nielsen? Leslie Nielsen, not Liam go. Neeson. What if Liam Neeson was in, was in The Naked <laughs> He gun? looks more like a vampire than Leslie Nielsen. What are you doing? What? No. Leslie Nielsen oh, yeah, Liam Neeson make a kick-ass Leslie vampire. Nielsen is beautiful, handsome, um, charismatic. Jedi? At one point, he was a romantic lead in Hollywood. So there That's you good. go. Good stuff. Police Squad, if you're curious, was a TV show that ran for six episodes. It's a precursor to the Naked Gun series. It's all on YouTube. Check it out. It's hilarious. And thus ends Merritt's TV <laughs> old TV Ba-dum, recommendations. <laughs> so on that note, we do have a new segment um, that Ooh. we it's it's basically the same thing we've done before, but we're gonna call it, I don't know, we do do we just call it meatballs or do we call it yeah. we're gonna smash some meatballs? We're Talking we meat- some meatballs. <laughs> Talking meatballs of pork pork and beef. <laughs> Basically, what it's going to be is instead of just sort of meandering around last week's games and everything that happened, we'll just we're going to go through and like pick out a couple things to try to surprise each other. And we figure if it's something that each other doesn't know about, maybe the listeners won't either. It can be a nice little surprise about the last week of games that we found. Instead of just sort of like listing stats and all this, we can pick out very specific, go hard on the stats and coolness factor of what happened, and just kind of look at it. So. With all that build up and <laughs> don't let anybody down, Merritt, do you want to go first with one of yours? Yeah. Did you know that on Sunday when he threw that shutout, it was his first shutout? Uh, it was Trevor Bauer's first shutout ever. Wow. Amazing thing that no one knew about already. No, but really, this past Sunday, Trevor Bauer threw a shutout. I did not know that was his first complete game shutout. Oh, really? First of all, you don't have to say complete game shutout. Shutout implies a complete I guess game. That's true, yeah. I'm going to. Oh, my God. I'm enraged now. <laughs> uh, he that was his first complete game shutout? First ever complete game shutout where he threw all the innings in the game. He threw 38 cutters, which is fully 10 more than he's ever thrown in a single game. Now, not to give away too much about an article that will be that I'm writing that will go up on Wednesday, 
but I'm pretty sure nobody knows the difference between his cutter and his slider. I mean, I know they're different pitches, but it's very confusing. But yeah, he's never thrown that many cutters before. And I'm wondering if this is going to be a thing, because he also threw 28 uh, earlier this year against the White Sox, I believe, and had a pretty good game, didn't he? I'm pretty sure he cut him up pretty good. Ha ha. So Come up with the cutter? Maybe. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Yes, I mean, I meant that exactly. Yes, that's my wit. Uh, <laughs> being uh, emblazoned across the sky or something. Yeah, against them. How do you do? Two, uh, seven innings, nine hits, uh, six runs. Uh, never mind. <laughs> Other than that, it was pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Only two were earned. So, you know what? Checkmate. Yeah, there you go. I mean, anyway, yeah. there you go. The first meatball of the Let's Talk Try podcast. That was a good one. Yeah, because I didn't even know about the shutout. I didn't know about the cutter, so that's cool too. But, yeah. Um, so my first one is, I'll just go with the Trevor Bauer one that I had too. We tried to make sure we didn't have the same ones before, and luckily we weren't talking about the same thing. But um, So basically Trevor Bauer's slider that he used, as you are talking about in the last start a few times, he's used it against the Reds a lot too. Um, and within reading the MVP machine, I'm almost done with it finally, but it, they talked about how he wanted his slider, the goal is like roughly 10 inches of horizontal movement and almost no vertical movement, so that it looks just like his fastball at the last possible second and it darts to the side. And prior to like two years ago, he was never even close. And then it just spikes up when he starts realizing this is what he wants to do. Um, and this season with the slider alone, it's 11.20, which is insane. Because between when stat, when pitch effects first started in 2000, what year is that? Two? Seven. Oh. 2007. Or at least the leaderboards on baseball prospectus. Until 2019, the leader is Trevor or, um, Corey Kluber overall with like 9.2 or something like that. So the fact that he has 11 in one season is crazy. He leads the league this year. Second is still Corey Kluber this year with 10.20, which I thought was Damn. cool. But um, Bauer's slider has peaked with over 12 inches of horizontal movement uh, twice earlier this season, a little bit over 12. And then he hit 11.85 against the Reds on Tuesday. And then he was over 10 um, against the was it the Tigers on Sunday, was it? When he just when he got his first complete game shutout. <laughs> but I thought it was cool that he's he's worked so hard to get this thing, and it's working so well for him. It isn't like a huge strikeout pitch. He's had 12 strikeouts. He threw 12 strikes out strikes with it. And yeah, and 10 were put into play last week. So I um, he's still working on it, but the fa- I guess he still needs to locate it better, but it's clearly deceptive enough that it's got the movement. There's not a whole lot of vertical movement. So it must look just like his fastball until at the last second when it breaks, which is what he wants. And it's, it's cool to read about it in the MVP machine and then come back and see it actually happening over a couple starts. So he's, his slider is insane, at least by the numbers. And as soon as he can locate it and figure out what he wants to do with it more, that's going to be an even more insane pitch for him. All right, Merritt, meatball me. All right, here we go. Um, I'm not going to say that ever again. But On just <laughs> on June 15th, uh, Shane Bieber had a very good start. Seven and two-thirds innings, 12 strikeouts, two earned runs, four hits with a walk. That's a very good uh, start. That is a, it's not say? even the best of the season, which is crazy. Would you, yes. say, would you believe me if I told you that that was not even one of his five best starts of his career, according to the statistic game score? Oh, my God. He's really uh, good. I didn't know that. Uh, I think it's one, two, because he had a 74. Last year, he popped off a 77, 76, and 75. And this year, he's also got a 92. That's it. That shutout he threw against the uh, Orioles when he struck out 15. And also... Game against Detroit, went seven innings with no earned runs, three hits allowed, and six strikeouts. Was a 76 game score for those who don't know, developed by Bill James. Um, there's there's explanations of it out, out there. Just use your phone to Google it. Come on, you're on your phone as it is right now, anyway. 
But I wonder also, is this not also a statement of how silly game score is as a statistic, if it even is a, is a statistic? I always thought it was kind of a quick and dirty thing, but who am I, who am I to decide, you know, because he was absolutely filthy that day, and I think that's one of his best starts. He gave up two runs, yes, but he also utterly brutalized the uh, Tigers, and I think he, they ended up winning that game, like, what's the final score of that game? 4-2? It was like 4-2, okay, so, yeah. It was still yeah, close, okay. but... Yeah. Oh, they they won 6-2, excuse me. I think. No, he's no, four six two, and two. Won. He's six right. and yeah. two. I see there now. I can read. <laughs> Don't worry. It's fine. So there you go. I thought that was very interesting. That's not even one of his best starts, even though it's I don't know. I think one of perhaps his most. You know, there's between I guess best by this uh, silly little metric and most dominant. I would say that one of his most probably, aesthetically pleasing starts. Yeah, I'd say that. Say it that say, way. I mean. He had a start earlier this year where he went five innings, but he struck out ten. That was against the Rays back in May. Would you qualify that as a dominant start, a good start, a pretty good start, or something else? How would you quantify that? He walked four that day. Or does dominance need to leak into the seventh inning, basically? Oh yeah, I think you need to to dominate. You need to go pretty long. I think I go pretty good. I think it's part of overall pitching dominance is pitching a lot, like a lot of innings, a lot of everything. And then, which is one reason I, the opener kind of sucks for me is that I know it's probably a better strategy a lot of time, but we miss out on having dominant starting pitchers, which is a fun part of baseball. But, but, but even with that, I mean, you got the opener, you have another guy coming in the second and go six, seven innings. Is that still a dominance? That's hard to say. He'd still get the win too, even though he's not the starter. So it's, you know, what is a start anyway? Anyway, what's your delicious meatball, Matt? So my final meatball is, um, so this one's very specific. It was found just by basically, I went through every single hit the Indians had over last week on Baseball Savant's really awesome search tool. And I found this one that Carlos Santana had. Um, top of the seventh, two outs. Indians are ahead 11-3 to three against the Tigers. Probably nobody's watching at this point because who cares? Um, they're winning by a million. Uh, Blaine Hardy throws a pitch to Carlos Santana, who's batting right-handed. Or he's batting right. Yeah, he's batting right right now. Um, and then it's in what, what game day considers zone 12, which is up, up and outside basically. And then Carlos Santana pulls it. (laughs) So it's a pitch that he had to extend over the plate and he still managed to pull it. And it's just those type of hits always, they never look natural or real. (laughs) They're always so weird weird when they, when they, yeah, right. And he did it. He grabbed this pitch from across the thing and just pulled it and got a single. So it was really cool. Um, and then I looked and so these pitches thrown in, in zone 12, which is up and away from righties. They're thrown almost 2,000 times this season, 1,989. Only 34 times those have been pulled by right-handed hitters. So I thought that was kind of cool. That it's one of a very rare thing that Santana did in a game that was already out of hand. Nobody cares about. Nobody was probably watching. Um, except whatever poor souls had to recap it. And Carlos Santana did something really rare and unique in it, which he's done a lot in his career, I would assume. But but in this case, poor Blaine Hardy threw a really good pitch, and Carlos Santana just went out and grabbed it and threw it in the left field. So That's I don't know. I don't know. Those are the kinds of games where weird stuff happens anyway. Those are games to watch, you know? I mean, plus you can you kind of half watch and fall asleep on the couch. It's a great old time watching a, a absolute blowout. Also, that <laughs> really goes like against his... Well, that kind of, kind of goes against his whole, I'm, I'm going opposite field now this year. That's exactly what he shouldn't be doing. Right. Damn it. <laughs> right, damn and then he pulls that one, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's nice. And it's, it's almost like a detriment to baseball, but it's one of the best things to have is background noise when it's a game you don't care about. Oh yeah, there are very few things that are better background noise than baseball. I think NASCAR's up there too. Like here in the cars is good, but 
I don't know. <laughs> All right, so that's our that's our meatballs. It's our new way of going around and looking at some cool things about games before we get into like the the, the deeper topics. The if you'd like my meatball recipe, I can also give you that at, one, at some point during this segment. Mm. There you go. Mm. <laughs> That'll be one when there's nothing else interesting happening. We'll just do a meatball. <laughs> that will be recipe. our that will be our, our all star break. One. <laughs> <laughs> so the first big topic we'll talk about is um, Bobby Bradley. He's I don't know if you heard of him. He's a first base DH who was pretty damn good in the minors. He's hit five home runs in his last five games in AAA. And um, our friend Matt Lattinger, poor Columbus Clippers Twitter guy, <laughs> he said on his his own account every time he tweets from Clippers about Bobby Bradley, he knows he's going to get shelled by Indians fans just yelling at him, even though it's not his fault. But um, it's just a lot of people angry that Bobby Bradley's still in the minors while the Indians offense, especially their DH, they're like I think they have the worst DH by a mile. Whoever plays DH has just averaged out to be the worst. And then meanwhile, Bradley's doing all this. And then today, um, Terry Francona said, "From this is a tweet from at Dave Sessions. He said, Francona on the idea of bringing up prospect Bobby Bradley, who has five home runs in his last five games with AAA. Quote, I'd probably err on the side of caution. Getting a guy, guy beat up isn't developing. I know guys get fidgety, but allowing a guy to play and be successful is never bad. Which, whatever. <laughs> what? <laughs> no. His, the reasoning there, I guess there is some legit... Um, no. There's... <laughs> There's some tiny question marks with with Bradley, I guess, that he strikes out a lot, like a third of the time in the minors. He doesn't walk a ton, and um, Gage from Everybody Hates Cleveland point out that 40% of his fly balls are home runs. So there's some there's some things going on there that he's probably not going to hit this well in the majors, but he's going to hit better than any DH the Indians have. I and mean, I don't get Francona's logic of we don't want him to come up and struggle when we're just watching other players struggle. Like, let Bobby Bradley try. <laughs> this was... This is what Francona said earlier this season. He wants to let the kids see what they have. And this is a kid who's begging you to let him see what he has. And you're just leaving him in AAA because, I don't know, you like Jake Bowers a lot. And I guess the main thing is Leonis Martinez is still here for whatever reason because he had a couple of good games. But DFA him to keep Bowers in the outfield if you want to believe in how young he is and he can do something to produce. and let him Put him in left field, Mercado in center, and just bring Bradley up. That's a really That seems like a really easy solution that the Indians are not even bothering with because – of this weird allegiance to Leonis Martin, um, which I just don't get. I just, I don't know. Just promote Bobby Bradley, you cowards. It's not like he could underhit a lot of these guys. There's a lot of crappy. We were, we were just exactly. Like, he could Tyler struggle Nick a lot and be better. Yeah, that's that. I mean, that's the thing. As long as he bops a few dingers, I mean, at that point, then he's just Jordan Luplo again, and I don't care about that. Like, uh. Jake Bowers is striking out 27% of the time or something like that. And I think he could at least, I think he could at least play as well as Jake Bowers. Um, and then Jose Ramirez is absolutely dreadful. So what the hell? Why not? I, I don't know. I, I It's one of those situations where the team is very bad offensively. So why not just try something weird? What if he's actually better? Like, Francisco Lindor got way better when he got to the majors. Maybe it's one of those things where the pitching isn't good enough. That's a real thing that actually does happen. I swear to God it does. A guy can be in the in – the, uh, there's just a lot of crappy pitching, so they can't get anything good to square up on, and so maybe just running into him. Who knows? It sounds counterintuitive, but you see it every now and again where a guy actually does better in the majors than the minors simply because he's actually seeing guys who can throw pit, strikes on purpose and he can hit them back at him. So power plays, man, and, you know – the Indians He's got are, power, and the Indians are very bad at hitting home runs. Probably the worst. Without looking, I'm assuming the worst. I'm going to look now while we talk. But 
Well, they have. I think their problem is hitting. They only hit solo home runs when they hit them. Like they have the most solo home runs, and almost nobody ever gets on base. But okay, they're twelfth in the American League in home runs. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> but it's all solo. So I mean, it, just add another solo home run hitter. Whatever that works. Just yeah, bring whatever. Bobby up that's, and that's one more run. Who cares? You know, they they need more runs to win these games, and they probably won't get Edwin Encarnacion from the Yankees now. So might as well just call him up and see what happens. I do support your idea of DFAing. Uh, Leonis Martin, because also he's very bad. Somehow he only he's only I mean, oof, baby. Thank God for that bunt hit he had tonight because now he's definitely out hitting uh, Jose Ramirez. And then he's still home and that was that was cute and all, but it, it sucks when Leonis Martin has a decent game because you know that's gonna give him like another six weeks. I know. It's dreadful. I mean, it's obviously awful. if it was Jake Bowers having a good game, give him six more weeks because he's twenty three and not thirty one years old. But Leonis Martin plays into no future plans. At all, I mean, I guess you could keep on the on the bench or something like that, like some sort of crappy version of Rajai Davis, I suppose. Tito just has some sort of weird thing about guys like that, but no, I mean, yeah, just get get Bradley up because what's the worst that could happen? He's terrible, and you have to send him back down. Whatever, send for, send Jose Ramirez down too. They can go there together. It'd be fun. It'd be a nice ride. There you go. And it's even like even if it isn't just Bradley, it's also Daniel Johnson who's hitting really well in AAA and could also replace Leonis Martin. I guess I guess this all comes back to Martin. <laughs> it's why is he still here? Yeah, which I think yeah. we talked about last week, but I'm I get that Bowers has been the DH a lot, but if you don't want to get rid of him, fine. Just put him in the outfield. He's been terrible in left field, but I think we both like his athleticism at least and give him a chance out there to mm-hmm. to use his speed and do something better than whatever Martin does. And there's not even like a, a hint of him being a Jason Giambi uh, Mike Napoli leadership type. So there's no reason to just keep him there. If anything, that's Lindor now. Yeah. Because if you yeah. remember when Oscar Mercado had that walk-off hit, um, he was super nervous. And he said he kept looking over to Lindor. And then Lindor basically said, that's what Michael Brantley did for me. So I'm passing mm-hmm. it on, which yeah. that alone is super cool. Yeah, but... he, I mean, between him and Santana, they have their they have their clubhouse leader types now. They have the, yeah. you know, the, the leader by doing and the leader by, by voice. So, I mean, and how much does leadership matter? Well, look at Jose Ramirez anyway. So, Lannis Martin should probably be off the team. I don't know why he's still here, and it's frustrating. I assume I assume with their buyers, they're going to go after an outfielder, which, again, probably just why? means they're going to either send down Tyler Naquin or Oscar Mercado, and then we'll have to just, you know. Oh, they're the, not sending him off Storm Mercado. the gate. Oh, they're sending him down. He's too young. They, he's, he's, <laughs> they are not. <laughs> he, he's, he's not walking enough. That's his other problem. I have other complaints. <laughs> watch, watch me uh, paint a picture of getting him sent down. We want to work on his plate discipline. I was just about to defend Tyler Naquin, and I hate you, but <laughs> I think they would send – if they sent down Tyler Naquin instead of Martin, that would be – I would be a true Naquin head at that point and be a true Naquin fan because that's ridiculous. I, I don't even like Tyler Naquin that much as a player, but – He's out hitting Atlanta's Martin. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> Somehow he keeps defying all the odds and keeps being a decent hitter as a platoon bat, so keep using him if you're going to stick to all these platoons. Him and Luplo, put them together, and there you yeah. go. Drew, is that good for a platoon hitter? Well, oh, he's better than not a platoon hitter. That's all he is. I'm saying, like, he's better than that than Martin getting everyday playing time in center field. So, yeah. anyway, so, yeah. back to Bradley. Bring him up, Dingers, Dingers now, because what you know what, Matt's going to happen? If they're going to let him walk too, and he's going to and he's going to have at least one like Jesus Aguilar season, and we're all going to oh, be yeah. mad again. It's going to keep on happening because the Indians hate developing first baseman apparently, even when they have one, and he's staring at them and saying, "I'm very strong." But no, <laughs> look no. at my muscles. Look at these bulging <laughs> muscles. And who am I talking about? Any number of young guys that they've had in the farm system, as a matter of fact. 
It doesn't have to be Giannis. Jesus Aguilar is a big man too. He could have been. Yeah, one. exactly. They have all these. They had all these large men that have just come through. Like, no, no, we're gonna trade for. Uh, we're gonna sign this old guy. Yeah. All right. You can also count um, Francona's comments as continuing a weird trend of him, like dunking on his own prospects. Because <laughs> he yeah, mentioned later on about. <laughs> I don't have the quote, but he basically said that Bradley's base running and defense has improved, which is good when you're a big guy not clogging up the bases. Oh god! Like Terrence, it. what are you doing there, bud? He's he's your Ooh. player. He might eventually play under you if you ever will use him. So. And also, forgive me for questioning his judgment. But how the hell does he know? How many? Like, <laughs> Right. I assume yeah. listening to scouting reports, but like, how the hell? I don't know. I just, he, when was I thinking to a Clippers game? Never? Never? Probably never, right? I guess there's a chance that somebody brought up on Twitter that it could just be a company line that he's regurgitating. Because like you said, he, he doesn't really know. So, I don't know. Maybe it is. Maybe we're just being too harsh on Tito like we always are, but maybe not. And maybe... Well, you know what? Screw here. it. I'll be harsh on him anyway because <laughs> got to be harsh on someone, I guess. And he's the one wearing the manager badge. I, I can't complain yeah. about Ty Van Berkeley or that much. I guess I the manager but... badge? Does he like point at it in the dugout? Like, listen, Mister, tap, tap, I got tap. this badge from managing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Protect the shield. What shield? You know, the manager shield. Whatever. Shut up. This one's my campfire badge. <laughs> <laughs> So the Indians are in the news besides being, I guess they're not awful. They, they had a few wins and the Twins just. They're an above lose, average but... team and half a game out of the wild card. So I'm, it's hard to say and, they're awful. I know. And 10 back from the freaking Twins. But but that's that's led to a lot of interesting discussion about should they trade or should they not. It's led to a lot of these. I, I really hate these now. When I first started writing, it was kind of fun like following the rumors because first of all, everybody clicks those. And second of all, it's kind of interesting to see if this trade might happen or it might not happen. But. After a while, you sort of see that it's clearly just another front office telling Buster Olney or whoever that because th- these things don't just leak. It's it's these front offices telling these guys to say these things, and and yeah. now it's basically that Trevor Bauer is on the verge of being traded twenty four seven. Brad Hand is almost being traded, and I've, yeah. heard, I've heard for Bauer it's mainly the Yankees, and he has a connection to the Twins and Derek Falvey. Nice. Um, I, I would, I would say, I don't think Bauer is going to be traded. Brad Hand, we can talk about in a minute. But what do you think about Bauer? Is is there any chance that he's going to be gone anywhere? Either trade deadline. I'm not talking this winter, but this season before the season's over. Do you think he'll be traded? My sources tell me that there's a 110 percent chance he'll be traded. <laughs> what are my sources? Oh, really? Ah, crap! I made up Neat. mostly. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I mean, listen. They do need another bat, and he is admittedly not fantastic this year, but. He is still very good, and they could still get a bat for him, and he's good. And he could bring back a lot of stuff. And if they traded him, I'd be sad. But of all the trades they could make, it's the one I I understand the second the most. The most, of course, being the Brad Hand one. That's a trade that just yeah, needs okay. to happen more so than that. <laughs> but, I mean, I don't know. If they do trade Trevor Bauer... What will that do to them? I guess that's, that's one way to look at it. Will they lose their best pitcher? I guess. Uh, Shane Bieber's pretty good. He's putting up equivalent numbers, basically. Uh, Mike Clevenger's back. And if he's what he was in the two starts we saw, then who cares about, you know, I mean, all of a sudden they're good again. 
Uh, and then we can hope Corey Kluber comes back sooner rather than later, knowing he's on the 60-day DL right now, IL, whatever. And Carrasco, Carrasco. don't forget him. Carrasco's blood is poisonous? I forgot what, what was going on with him again. It's um, a blood condition, they didn't okay, say. Okay, yeah, okay. His blood has been infected by the devil, so he needs to do something about that, and then they have other guys too. So I don't know. I'd, I'd prefer to keep Brad Hand because uh, assuming they're able to get a guy that can keep them in the, in the race, you know, offense-wise. They won't need the pitching to be quite as perfect. And then, of course, you need a good bullpen to compete in the playoffs. And, again, assuming that they maintain this, they can squeak in with the wild card and then win that, get hot, and then sweep everyone and win a World Series. And that would be great. So that's what I think will happen. See, I think I don't think Trevor's going to be traded this year. I think if they trade him, no. it'll be in the offseason. If not, I think they'll hold on to him. But Brad Hand, I think makes a lot of sense and it makes sense for the way the Indians seem to think about that. You can just bring any reliever in and he can be the closer. And also he's got so much control left. He's never going to be better than this year. First of all, like yeah, you are never going to trade him better than now. So yeah, they're going to get a bat. bat. And and you get, if you're going to trade a reliever, you definitely trade him at the deadline rather than over the winter because people put pay, you know, out the ass for they're desperate at the deadline. Case in point, the Indians a couple of different times recently. <laughs> so they could get something really neat for them, uh, for uh, Brad Hand. The, I guess the real question is, are people who are... You have to also look at the market, you know what I mean? Like, Minnesota doesn't need a reliever. Houston doesn't. The Yankees don't. The Rays don't. Uh, the Dodgers do, I guess. Okay, so there's something. Atlanta does. Milwaukee does not. Philly does. Cubs, eh. And then uh, Texas, Boston, Cleveland could trade for Brad Hand. Oh wait, never <laughs> they mind. could use another closer. Uh, but so, so I guess you have to look at the market, I suppose. And it is there. Like I said, the Dodgers could probably use another bullpen arm. Atlanta definitely could. And the Dodgers do have that Verdugo guy that I really want. Um, they're not getting him, of course, for Brad Hand. He's very, very good. But at the same time, maybe they could get him for Brad Hand, and that would really fix all their problems everywhere. Because they need to have an incredibly athletic outfield, and also Jake Bowers, who is an athletic guy now. But so if it's going to happen, I suppose he makes sense. If the market, I don't know. I don't know. I can't decide. I would trade. I would definitely trade Trevor Bauer if the if the if the deal was there. But that's such a stupid thing to say. I'd trade anyone if the deal was there. Like I would. I'd trade Mike Clevenger if the Dodgers were like, yeah, and we'll give you Jock Peterson, Alex Verdugo. Cody Bellinger and I don't know who else is good and other good players. So I'd make that deal a hundred times out of a hundred, but that deal doesn't exist. So if it is Verdugo and another arm and something else and something else for hand, they definitely need him. And because despite being a million games in first place, they really, the Dodgers really do need an arm. So you're right, Matt, you've talked me into it. Thank you. <laughs> That's Brett hand over Bauer. I think if there was, if the trade was there, I think it would have happened this offseason. For Bauer? For the last offseason. Yeah, for Bauer. I can't imagine that his value's gone up a whole lot, really. If they were trying yeah. to trade him the offseason, I think they would, if they, they would have got the right deal then if there is a right deal. I don't know how much more Yeah, but at the same time, like, they, it did, like, I know there was lots of talk about them trading an arm uh, over the offseason, but it didn't make any actual sense in a competitive way, considering how little they did to add to the offense. And so that's why I just they were hoping that the the rotation could stay healthy and hold true, and then just keep them 
in the race and it hasn't to a degree, but they're still in a race. And so maybe trading the arms that got them there in the first place isn't a good idea now. That's the only thing I could think. Because the impact of a starter is much greater than that of a reliever. I guess it's all about the goals of the front office and the ownership. Because they want to continue competing. Losing the, I mean, missing the playoffs this year would be absolutely gutting. I mean, they're, they're, they're already losing a lot of real estate. They have lost a lot of real estate because the Browns are good again and all that stuff. And missing the playoffs now would be just a just a sock in the gut. But squeaking in there on the wild card and... You could you could make some noise even if you didn't have a hand, I think. So I don't know. I've kind of talked myself in circles here and I don't know what to think anymore. <laughs> yeah, no, I think it's it's weird. I guess we'll see at the trade deadline. And rather than be bow I think if they're gonna be sellers, they're not gonna be like rebuilding sellers are gonna be reloading, which we've mentioned. Yeah, no, well, then. and that's why I think um targeting some of the some of the younger guys on the Dodgers or something, uh who would be available for a guy like Brad Hand would be a good move because it would immediately get them better. Like, I do think, you know, like the impact of an Alex Verdugo is eminently larger than the impact of a Brad Hand, uh, whether in a game-to-game basis or over a long season basis. So, uh, I don't know. I can't decide. Oh, that, that kid's got to learn how to grow facial hair. Jesus Christ. So... That's where I stand. Maybe they can trade for Cody Bellinger. Trade them both. Get Bellinger. Good <laughs> deal. Go. Why not? Handshakes. Handshakes so all on, around. <laughs> so on that note of pitchers, I mean, how how fucking good is Shane Bieber? Can we talk don't, about that for a minute? Don't cuss. <laughs> Goodness. <laughs> how gosh darn good is Shane Bieber, Mike Clevenger, and Trevor Bauer going to be if all of them are back healthy and mm. pitching the way they, they probably can? That is, that is not the one, two, three we imagine coming into the season, I don't think. No. But that's the one, two, three that's going to be that's going to carry the Indians to the playoffs. If they're going to go to the playoffs, really, I think, because mm-hmm. Bieber's been super good in most of his starts. Clevenger hasn't allowed a run yet, unless something bad has happened tonight that I haven't seen. But um, then if Bauer bounces back with his competitive buddies all back in the rotation, then maybe he's back to being a Cy Young caliber pitcher. And good Lord, that's three really good pitchers, and I'm excited they're all back finally. So Bieber's three worst games of the season are against Atlanta, New York, and Boston. And his Ooh. three best games are against Baltimore, Detroit, and Detroit. That's fine. So it's I, fine. I just it's fine, Merritt. I don't know. <laughs> don't look I into got, that. You know, I wrote about it a little bit last week. Uh, is he is he just bad against good teams? Like it's it makes sense. It's logical. But like you know, he also had a great start against Minnesota. Um, pretty good. I, I mentioned one against Tampa Bay earlier. He did a you know, and he had a quality start at least against Houston. So it's. It's hard to say whether he is really great. I mean, obviously, if all three of those come together and he's your third best pitcher, hell yeah, dude. Especially if Clevenger is, as I said before, as good as he was uh, before he got hurt. And I'm assuming he still is, as you said. I don't know what's happening in the game, but unless something terrible happened, I assume it's all going great. Uh, again, we will we'll have to see, but I just... Bieber's excellence against terrible teams and badness against great teams is worrying, I guess, in a way. If, I don't know, again, if it's just sample sizes, he just happened to be off those nights. If he got into his own head, if this, that, the other thing, I don't know. I think it is small enough we can probably count on that, right? That it isn't quite yet that he's just bad against good right. teams. It could also be that exactly. the type of pitcher he is, because he stays in the zone so much, that maybe that's just not a thing that 
good teams are deceived by as much as bad teams, maybe, which is really unfortunate. Because yeah, I mean, you know, great it's fun watching Bauer be good. Yeah, no, great, great hitters hit hit good pitches. You know, they can hit good pitches if they're in the zone still because they're still within their swing range and they can make the adjustments with it, whether within the at bat or from bat to at bat to you know kind of subjugate whatever tweaks and little wrinkles that Bieber's throwing at them. So that's um, that's probably part of it. And Baltimore's terrible. So, you know, it's easy to pitch against them because it's a triple-A lineup, basically, and also Chris Davis. I think he struck him out four times that game or something like that. So, you know, that, that definitely helps the old strikeout numbers. It's hard to, um, I don't know, it's hard to say. It's hard to say, but I'm, I'm happy that they're all healthy and back and, and are going to be good, I hope, uh, going down the stretch. When does the and stretch not, start? We still man? got Kluber and Carrasco. Yeah, when does the stretch start? That mythical yeah, well, stretch. Yeah, well, yeah, when is that? But yeah, exactly. And, and the thing I is, mean, if too, you're shooting for the win the division, the stretch started a long time ago. They should be in the right. stretch That's, by they, now. Yeah, they, <laughs> they 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 overstretched and they gave up yoga. Basically, is what happened there. So, <laughs> considering the Twins don't lose a damn game, they they need to get stretched. Yeah, why are they unbeatable? It doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> those, those dingers. I watched them against the Royals one game, cheering for the Royals, and the Royals blew it, and then they almost blew it again. But they no one could have seen so. that coming. It's 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 strange and bizarre. <laughs> the Ned Yost led Royals would never blow a game. Anyway. Uh, it's world champion manager Ned Yost. I'll have you know. Oh God, don't remind me. So before we get to questions, I thought we'd talk about um, some former Indians and some former almost Indians. They're on the move. Um, and some future Indians. Oh, shit. Uh, Cody Allen, DFA'd. Um, he was paid $8.5 million by the Angels to be their closer this year. Did not work out. 23 innings, 9 home runs, 20 walks, 29 strikeouts, only 4 saves. Um, 6.26 ERA. He looked about as bad as he did last season. It was clear that, I don't know what the, I guess 8.5 isn't a ton for the Angels, but that's he was really bad last year too. And he got even worse. And the thing with Cody Allen always comes to mind for me is last year, there was that article sports illustrated. I think that was about Trevor Bauer. He it was kind of an often comment by Bauer that he said he could have fixed Cody Allen's curveball in two minutes if he let him, but Allen did want any, because he was a veteran. Every time I think of Cody Allen struggles, I think of that, especially after reading again, the MVP machine, like this stuff works. It's, it's what, a lot of players are doing and Cody Allen and players like Cody Allen, if they're just ignoring it because they're veterans, they're going to get blown away really quick, which we're yeah, seeing exactly. with Allen. Yeah, if, you, if, you, if you don't adjust and change, you're going to get run over. Um, and it looks like that's what's happened to, to Allen exactly is that he's, he's been run over because <laughs> he hasn't fixed whatever's wrong with him. He's just been riding it. And this is a little tangential, but um, from 2016 to 2017, Andrew Miller had a 145 ERA and struck out. Oh, so good. Uh, 218 batters in 137 innings, allowing only 73 hits and 22 total runs. Or runs, 24 total. I can runs. go on a tangent from your tangent. No, oh, I'm not done yet. <laughs> um, oh, okay. This year he has pitched 23 innings, allowed 22 hits, 14 <laughs> runs. He has struck out 34. Um, so that's eight and a half wa- uh, hits per nine, 4.2 walks per nine, uh, basically two home runs. Per nine, he's been very bad. Uh, there's another man I could bring up, I guess, if I wanted to, named Brian Shaw. I think the Indians do, for another, just have a sense of something sometimes, I guess. But yeah, the whole it's um, weird they fixed their bullpen just by getting rid of Cody Allen and Andrew. Miller. I know <laughs> <laughs> that's that's all they did. <laughs> Classic addition by subtraction. Also getting and also addition by addition with Brad Hand. But you know, yeah, yeah. you know, they had him last year because Brad Shaw is also Brian Shaw rather is also. 
not great. 41 and third innings, 370 ERA, struck out 30, um, 3.3 walks per nine. Just, they're all, all three of them have fallen apart from being just so vicious in 2016. God damn, they were good. In 2017, Miller was the best reliever that year. I yes. think Allen was good too. Allen was, Allen was pretty good that year too. I don't think, uh, I think, uh, what's his name had left by then though? Oh, Shaw was still there and he was fine. Yeah. Allen was but, okay that year. Yeah. My tangent from a tangent from Miller was, um, I, I keep forgetting to mention this. So when Brad, when Miller came in every time, it was so exciting. I don't know what it was. It was the Miller time thing. It was that big ass slider that would fool people. Mm. Um, and Brad Hand is probably better than Andrew Miller was, but I don't get excited at all when Brad Hand comes. No, because there's nothing. It's not as disgusting. You know, his fastball right, is yeah. fine. It's like 92, 93. It's not like hitting 98, 99. And also, he's not a freak of nature. He's not like he's not basically that big the lanky man, monster. You know? Yeah, yeah. A huge beard. <laughs> I miss like, that so much. Yeah. Instead, he's got dead eyes, like a doll's eyes. He's got, <laughs> he's got, he's got shark eyes out there. He just kind of comes out like, oh god. <laughs> But he's not intimidating either. He's just kind of no. there. Yeah, he just he just exists, and you're like, oh my, like I don't know. You could definitely start <laughs> look him in the yourself. eyes. Yeah, just don't like, <laughs> just freak out. Like it's just there's no emotion. It's 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 much more mechanical and vicious in its own way. But yes, it's definitely not. He's not the glowering menace on the hill that uh that Miller was. Still great though. Like you said, he's definitely this oh, is yeah. the time to trade him. His nickname is Brotato, so he's got that going for him. <laughs> So the other two moves um, were, were kind of related. Um, the the Yankees acquired Edmund Encarnacion because they needed more power hitting, of course. Um, right-handed power hitting. Of course, yeah. This and is the Clint most Frazier. right-handed power hitting they've had since they moved to Yankee Stadium in 1920-whatever. So Great. That's I'm something, so happy I guess. for them. Yeah. I hate them. Um, and poor Clint Frazier, who was traded for Andrew Miller, speaking of, um, has been optioned. There was an interview with him. He does not look like he's handling it. Well, his well, hair looks he, terrible. He's on the verge also. of tears. <laughs> I want to hug that poor man. Um, first, he had to cut his hair to be with that garbage organization. Then he uh. has to be optioned. But he has, he has, he has a 118 WRC+. Plus. It's not every day you see a guy like that optioned. But, I mean, he can't play the outfield. And then when Judge and Stanton come back, there's just no room for him in the outfield. So it's kind of a rough situation. A lot of people think he's going to be traded. Um, a lot of very wrong, let me preface this, very wrong people think he's going to be traded to Cleveland or want him in Cleveland. Go on. I just want to preface that, it, this is that those people are wrong. <laughs> I don't know your opinion about Clint Fraser or anything, but I'm just going to say people that um, hmm. that want the Indians to get him are very wrong. But uh, Tell me more about him coming to Cleveland. This sounds very intriguing. <laughs> I like this idea a lot. <laughs> we definitely didn't mention this before the podcast, and you hmm. have the wrong opinion. What if the but... Indians traded for Clint God. Fraser? Hmm. What if they no. traded for him? Hmm. It would what, at what least if? we could have Red Thunder and White Lightning in the outfield, which would be great. Yep. Although Clint yep. Frazier doesn't like being called Red Light, Red Thunder, but screw him if he comes to Cleveland. Yeah, cram it first of all, <laughs> and second of all, that's how they'll both gain their powers back. Is what's going right, to happen? Yeah, yeah. You know, they'll be they'll make the the Wonder Twins. You know, Red Thunder, White Lightning. We are. And they'll have a name. I don't know. The Wonder Twins. But, uh, <laughs> and Oscar Mercado go, I'm Oscar. And, and Oscar. <laughs> Get out of here, Oscar. Get out of here. <laughs> but yeah, it's, anyway, I mean, there's a lot yeah. of people that want him back in Cleveland. Yeah, it, it'd be fun know, for the novelty of it because he's Clint Frazier and I like to watch him come up. And but. also his ability to hit. And also... <laughs> I guess I think... that is the thing he has, yeah. <laughs> that minor thing. Also, I don't think that... I think his, uh, his, his struggles in the outfield are overblown. That's how I feel. Yes, he looked really bad, though. I guess and it is mostly just like a couple games where he looked absolutely awful. But I think I'm sure you're just like reading the New York Post too much. That's your problem. 
Did you watch him in that one game, though? No, I don't watch really baseball. Bad. We've been over this. <laughs> Jesus Christ, man. He was really bad one game. But again, maybe that's one game. Maybe it's overblown. But I don't know. I guess, first of all, people saying, like, trade Trevor Bauer for Clint Frazier are absolutely not. Mm, <laughs> that's no. Interesting that's what I idea. No, what are you doing? Don't mm that. <laughs> don't justify that garbage-ass trade idea. All right. But what if they got him and something else? What if they got him and... Glaber uh, Torres? I was going to pick a name, Glaber Torres. Yeah. What if they got that? Okay. okay what if now they got we're talking. Him, sure. What if they got him and... Boy, Giovanni Urshela? I was going to say Luke Boyd. He's got a thick <laughs> neck, though. I don't know. No, I do not want Giovanni Urshela. I cannot stress that enough. You know what? This is going to be my new, my new segment during the during the show. I'm going to chart his continued uh, d- decline. Let's see. It's pretty sharp. So now we're in June. Uh, it is the month we are in. Um, he now has gone from a 909 OPS in April and March. Uh, he posted an 844 in May. Ooh, that's good. Very good. That's really good. Very good. Go to you. Look at uh, you go. It is now 205, 260, 386 <laughs> in 13 games. Now, it's not as good. That's, that, um, that's a 388 Babip, a 391, and then 184. So the real Geo is somewhere in the middle there. I'd put Probably it Probably on about, the lower end. Yes, I'd put it at somewhere like 250, 300. I'll keep the 386 slugging, actually. So, a 680 to 700 OPS. Yeah, no, I don't. They already have a soft-hitting third baseman with a good love. <laughs> they don't need another one. That's a terrible idea. And I but, don't feel like in good conscience I could forgive Gio Rochella for 2017 in the playoffs. No, that was he, he had one job to do, in all honesty. And then all I saw on Twitter was... he blew was it Yankees so hard. <laughs> Just so bad. I mean, that's was, that was literally just you're there for your defense. We know you can't hit. You, and then you blow literally, you need to the catch playoffs. the ball and make the play, and then he just does neither <laughs> of these things. Yeah. Okay. What if they got Estevan Florial and uh, Clint? I've Frazier? heard that mentioned that he's the top prospect. You just Googled I don't, the top no, prospect, didn't you? I literally just typed in. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I have heard Florial and, and Clint Frazier, like some mix of that for Bauer. He's high A, though. I don't, even, I don't want a high A player. I want someone. I did see Albert Abreu play the other night on the Trenton Thunder. Yo, so I went to a Bowie Bay Sox game the other night, and they're playing the Trenton Thunder, and this, the music they play for the, the Bay Sox to run out of the field was Thunderstruck. And I just thought that was a bad choice on account of they were playing the Thunder. Was it Thoughts? taunting them, maybe? I don't, I don't know. So. That's, you're you're implying that you're being thunderstruck by the other team, so that's kind right. of Right, exactly. And that was my confusion, I suppose. So, yeah. That's... um. That was just something I experienced the other night. Anyway, they should trade for... for, for, for uh, oh, <laughs> God. <laughs> I am fully on this bandwagon. You've talked me into it a tiny bit. If, it, Listen, if his defensive struggles are overblown and he can hit as good as he can hit. Also, let's just point out one thing. He can hit. You know how many players can hit like he can on the current <laughs> Not Indians? many on the Indians. <laughs> I will tell you how many. I believe the number is two. Two people are hitting better than him on the Yankees or on the Indians. And, and then there's Roberto Perez, who... We need to talk more about it at some point, but not now. It's fine. I love him, though, and he's my favorite, and he's always been my favorite, and he will be an all-star. <laughs> but so will Clint Fraser on the Indians in two years. Speaking two of Roberto years. All-Star, because he had, I don't remember, the, I don't remember the numbers, but he was he was pretty low in votes. And then um, Alex, our own Alex Hooper, wrote that Roberto Perez should be an all-star, and then new numbers came out. Roberto Perez has fewer votes now. It Somehow went he went down in votes. <laughs> yes, he has fewer <laughs> votes than last week, and it's all Alex's fault. So 
people like unvoted or something. I don't know. No, fuck buzz. you. I'm voting against him. <laughs> Can you do that? I'm taking my vote back. No, I'm assuming they cleared out bots or something. No, what is it? They just, they, a lot of people just wrote in not Roberto Perez. <laughs> and they have to take it away. Damn, like, you know, well, I right, guess we well. have to. We can't just not <laughs> take it away. There's no other rule book that says, that says you can't do that. Oh, damn. <laughs> Gary Sanchez is going to get it. He's like he's ahead by a million. I think Labor well, Torres is ahead by a lot too. So well, fuck yeah, the Yankees. Which is bullshit. The Yankees can burn. Um, yeah. All right, Matt. What do you say we answer some questions from people we asked you on Twitter? So our first question, we'll start. I think for this one, we're gonna have. It sounds like you're on board for a wild card. So I think we're gonna disagree on this one. So at Tribe nine zero seven five three six seven one, he asked: Boston plays Minnesota this week. Who do we root for? Are we chasing the Twins or the wild card? Um, so what do you think, Merritt? I'm gonna let you start. Are there? Do we root for? Boston to beat Minnesota, so we have a better chance of winning division, or Minnesota to beat Boston, so we stay ahead in the wild card. The Indians want to catch Boston by the end of the year. They, you mean Minnesota? Yeah, whatever I just said. Minnesota. Minnesota has played, they both played the same number of games. 47 plus 23 is what? 70 games. So we have 90 games to go. Minnesota is currently playing at a what kind of clip? 47 divided by 70. 671. The Indians are at uh, uh, 37 divided by 70. I'm doing math. I, I multiplied. 37 divided by 70. 528. Uh, 162 divided by uh, oops, times 0.5. Long, long way of saying, no, that's stupid to go after Minnesota. <laughs> They're 10 games ahead. Indies are at an 85 game pace right now. The, the Twins are at a times 0.671. 108. 109 rounding. If the Indians won 50 more games, they'd have 87 wins and they'd have to go 50 and 40, right? The rest of the way. Well, whatever. Two games. Something like that. Yeah. If they won 70 more games, they'd have 107 wins. Which is less than the Twins are on pace for. And they have to go 70 and 22, which is, and again, an insane pace, Matthew. 77 divided by 92 is a 836 winning percentage. That's fine. They could do that. It's fine. Times 0.836. <laughs> That's 135 wins for a full season. So, there we go. Perfect. They can do it. <laughs> now, obviously, this is all factor. It doesn't factor in things like they get to play Minnesota like 12 more times or something. Listen. The fact that Minnesota's pitchers aren't all Cy Youngs is is another thing to consider. Are that they? they're not going to hit a thousand home runs. Well, let's, how many are they on pace for hitting right now? Say hopefully, uh, it's only uh, <laughs> you know they're only on pace to hit. How many do they have now? Anyway, home runs, one hundred and thirty-seven. Good Christmas on an old cracker. <laughs> they're on pace to hit three hundred and some odd home runs. You're right. That probably won't happen. But on the other hand, it might happen. This is all a long way of saying just go for the wild card. Just win as many games as well, you see, can. That's what I think, right, it doesn't matter in the end, but I w- I'd always root for trying to win the division, and if you get the wild card, you get it. I think playing for the wild card, whether through trades or rooting for a team, is stupid. Because I don't think you're, you don't you never want a wild card. You That's the thing, your, your fallback. I think yeah, you are fair. constantly wanting the division. You want Boston to beat Minnesota. You want to creep closer to that because you don't want that wild card game. That's a fallback if you screw everything else up. <laughs> With the Indians, might we- end up with it. I think but, they, I, I think really what we want is a split. I guess right. That's that, that that's that's the. That's no, the no. I want Minnesota. I want Boston to sweep. I'm I'm all in on chasing down really? Minnesota. Interesting. That's right. 
So you're insane. I see how it is. <laughs> I still think they can do it. They play the, the Twins a ton. The Twins are going to collapse, damn it. They're going to regress. It's going to happen. I'm waiting. You know what really but helps I mean, with regression, though, is you play Boston for three games and Kansas City for four immediately. And then you play Tampa Bay for three and then Chicago for three. Good Lord. Yes, what a comfy yeah. schedule. The Chicago, all oh, the White Sox, yeah. They, yes, the the bad one. The bad and then one. Oakland, and then Texas, and then Cleveland, and then the Mets, and then Oakland. Oh God damn! They even yeah, have I mean, a hard stretch coming up. They so I think so. I'm the prepared. Twins have a stretch where they play Chicago, Miami, and then Kansas City over a period of ten games. That's fine. That's some difficult games. <laughs> That's the Indians. Those are hard teams to beat. I don't know. It's my my feeling is always it's a ten game losing streak and a ten game winning streak and it's even. It's right unless no, they I play know. the Twins on there. Then I heard that today on the radio talking about the Nationals though. In my head, I'm like, that's insane. They're never going to catch the Braves. <laughs> they're, they're five games under five hundred. What are you talking about? Yeah, that was a little more far fetched, but but also the Braves know. are a legit, really good team, and I think the Twins are more smoke and mirrors than the Braves are. I don't know, man. They have forty seven wins, and it's not even it's it's, it's, it's June seventeenth. Like it's fine. Had, I'm doing fine, had, Merritt. They had this many wins, I think, in late August last year. And maybe you're <laughs> right. Maybe them sending down Willens Astudio was really he was like their spirit animal, and he was going to carry them to victory secretly with his with his ways. And now that he's gone, no more ways. And Jorge Polanco is going to get worse. Let's see how Jorge Polanco is doing uh, in the month of June. Probably worse, right? Let's see, June. He is doing worse. Well, that's positive. All right. So there you go. Matt's right. I'm wrong. It's <laughs> happening, everyone. The regression Wait. is occurring even as we speak. God, I hope so. Um, so next question. Oh, thank you, first of all, for try a bunch of numbers. 975-286-75-309. You were close. Nine, no. It's, yeah. it's in there. Um, Max Kepler so has at- an 1180 OPS in June. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> Fuck that guy. <laughs> NLP48DH. He wants to know what Indians player would survive naked and afraid for the prize of the highest paid player in the MLB. I don't know about you. I've never seen Naked and Afraid. It's a show on the I don't Discovery even know Channel. what that is. How naked um, are they? So, so I looked it up. So it's, to quote Wikipedia, Discovery Channel takes the ubiquitous survival show theme to the next level by stepping up to the bare essential of Naked and Afraid. Complete strangers, usually a man and a woman, meet in a very unique, unique way. They're stranded, stranded in a dangerous, desolate location without food or water, and they're completely naked. Each episode follows the adventurers as they have to survive on their own with nothing but a personal item and the knowledge that the prize is their pride and sense of accomplishment. In this case, it'll be a lot of money. Because there are no other choice, competitors quickly get to know each other and their surroundings and hope their instincts, survival skills, and intestinal fortitude serve them well. So it's basically just who wins Survivor, but a, a weird version of Survivor, which but the answer is probably naked. Yeah. Um, Colin Aikman hunts. He's outside a lot. Trevor Bauer doesn't want the um, the contract, so he'd, he'd be out immediately. Yeah, well, and I also don't think Trevor Bauer would do good in the wild. <laughs> that's uh, another part of it. That's true. Brad Hand is a dead, soulless beast, so probably him. <laughs> he would stare uh, down the animals. <laughs> <laughs> he, would just, he would just eat them emotionlessly. It's fine. Um, all right, so my picks are Roberto Perez. Uh, Jose Ramirez or oh, Jose's a good one. Damn right, he's a good one. Or Shane Bieber. Scrappy. But, then, but then just get too sexy Shane Bieber. Is the problem. Yeah, just no, he's sexy. a oh Cody Anderson. There's one big country man. Oh yeah, but his elbow hurts. He would all strangle the time. a lion with his hands. <laughs> no, his elbow hurts. You can't do it. 
<laughs> but it's definitely Naquin, right? That guy's always outside. He's got guns and stuff. So Does he knows he? what he's doing, I think. In a I know That's nothing his big thing. He always posts about hunting. Really? Oh, he always posts like hunting and fishing on Instagram. So where is my he vote. from? Oh, Texas. Texas. Oh, okay. oh, yeah. See, so. so him and Cody Anderson, when his elbow wasn't bugging him, I think would be the best ones. Um, who would be the worst? Who'd go out there and just die? Other than Jake Bowers. Bowers. I don't think Bowers would handle it well. Jake, Jake Bowers. Bowers. Oh, Jake <laughs> Bowers would be so screwed. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Jake. He's just too sweet and good. You know, he's just a good little boy, you know, with his, with his, with his fancy haircut and everything like that. <laughs> That's it's the same not... goes for Carlos Carrasco, I think, too. Yeah, Carlos Carrasco. He's Krasco too much of a sweet, innocent boy. He would Although, die. at the same time, um, I think he has a dark side. We've seen the dark side when he's younger. <laughs> and though he's mellowed out, it'd be like, it'd be like um, a history of violence, basically. That's that you know what I think Carlos Carrasco would survive the longest. <laughs> I think Kluber would just accept his fate and just sort of like just slowly die and then not bother with the TV show and forget what he's doing and then well, just that's be so then. focused on <laughs> I guess this is it. Bye folks. See ya. Um others who might not make it. Tyler Olson, his head is too long. Uh, good point. Thanks. <laughs> you can't survive with a long head in the wild. <laughs> Um, uh, Adam Simber, he stands weird. I don't like that. He can't live. Yeah, no, he he's out. Get out. Uh, who else would be bad? Martin? No, he'd probably be okay. Kipnis? No, he's rugged. Although he's a city boy too. <laughs> I don't know if Kipnis is rugged. He's city rugged. I don't know if he's country. Exactly. Yeah, he's he's, he's more. Yeah. yeah, he's he's more rugged guy and, and Wrigleyville type of guy. Yeah. Not, not, Carlos not Santana? How would he do? Great. I think he would. I think he'd be okay. Yeah, um, Nick Whitgren. I don't know anything about Nick Whitgren, so I'll, I'll pass no judgments about him. <laughs> Oscar Mercado could run down things, although he's really scrawny, though, so I think he'd die pretty quick. But Well, you know, the human um, body is per- perfectly adapted to be an endurance hunter. There's that great video of that, of that African tribe and the way they hunt down animals that they've, they want to eat is they just chase them for an extended period of time, like hours. It's really because the human body is perfectly designed for this because we can carry things like water and whatnot, and we can just go and go and just chase them until they. It's it, it's a very kind of creepy video because it's very. We got like, thumbs and shit. Yeah, we got carry. thumbs and whatnot, but also we can just kind of just jog for an extended period of time. You know, jogging. Anyway, great yeah. video. Check it out. It the, <laughs> Thank you, NLP forty eight DH. We'll put in the in the in the notes. Will we? I'll forget. Nah, I don't know. I don't um, know what we're talking about. <laughs> So at Derek Rise, we'll finish up with this one. He wants to know, do you think the MLB attendance would improve if they realign the divisions to make it more close, distant rivals such as the Indians versus Red or Pirates? Seems like nobody cares about Yankees' raised divisional battle since they are so far apart. Um, I think he used a weird example there because I think a lot of Yankees fans are in Tampa (laughs) just because a lot of old people from New York moved down there. So that's a weird example, but I I guess maybe national audience doesn't care about Yankees' raised, but... I also don't think anybody really cares about Indians Reds. So I don't That's know bullshit, if just being and it's, close. It's the highlight of my summer. All right. I love that series. I'm <laughs> the Ohio from Cup. Ohio. I <laughs> so love it. Goofy. I unabashedly love the whole, I, no good reason. <laughs> love it. I, one of my favorite things about it, like English soccer and all that is they just have random cups throughout the year, you know, derbies and whatnot. And I want more of that. And this is the, the Ohio Derby or whatever. Derby. <laughs> it's so lame. I do enjoy You're that lame. everybody plays in. No, <laughs> I enjoy that everybody plays into it, though. Like the broadcast, yeah. they, every time oh, they yeah. care about the Ohio Cup. Hell yeah, dude. It matters. That's fun. <laughs> that should be the slogan <laughs> for it. <laughs> it matters. The Ohio Cup. It yeah, matters. dude, it matters. <laughs> uh, that all being said, I do think it would be cool if, like, if there was like a Great Lakes division. So it would be like um, Milwaukee, Chicago. Uh, Detroit, 
Cleveland, and I guess you could throw Cincinnati in there maybe. Uh, that would be a cool division. Um, have like an Allegheny division or something like that, and it's all that. I don't know that that'd be basically that would just be the Pittsburgh Pirates. I guess. Just the Pirates. Pirates <laughs> just, have, Yarr, just have the just Mariners division. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and therein lies. I guess you'd, you'd have to have have a coastal division. Although there are, we all know who their arch rival is, of course. The Padres. That's their natural yeah, the rival. Padres. Yeah, that's their natural so rival. Yeah, it's the, yeah the Vetter Cup. Yeah, I'm looking up a map of the Earth now. Give me a second. Map.com isn't anything, <laughs> apparently. Map. I'm still I in can't... favor of just not having interleague play at all. I think it's cool that there's these teams you never I agree see with you. the World Series. I mean, honestly, I, I'm, I'm not saying it's gimmicky or it's not, because I don't think it is. I, I think it's just games that are being played, but it was definitely... Right. I think a, it'd be more gimmicky not to have it, and that's kind of cool. Like, gimmicks are neat. I think that it should... Again, like, again, I think that the Ohio Cup should happen. I think that... The Chicago teams should play each other. I think the New York teams should play each other. But beyond that, like Baltimore and Washington, so just do your natural rivals, right? Just just things that are near you, basically. You know, like that would make a lot of sense. But beyond that, it's just like, why is Minneapolis playing Miami in a couple weeks? You know, like what is that? (laughs) Is that is that is that the Snowbird series? Like, what what are we calling that one? But I don't know. Like, sorry, Snowbird. You know. Snowbird is someone who flies, uh, who lives up north and flies south. Oh, gotcha. Winter. Okay. <laughs> so actually, in Milwaukee, Chicago, Detroit, Cleveland, Toronto, uh, could be a, that could be like a great lake division. Um, Columbus, Pittsburgh. I'm just looking at a map now. Washington, Philadelphia, New York. Where do you put Boston though? Where's Boston go then? I guess you have a Boswash division: Boston, New York, Philadelphia, <laughs> Boswash. The Boswash division. I don't know where you put Pittsburgh and maybe there's too many divisions. Maybe there's too few divisions. Hmm. Maybe there should be an East and a West. Maybe there should no, be I four leagues. None of that. I like maybe having it split. I think no, because travel times are so bad because they have to take the train everywhere. Um, <laughs> because it's nine, it's 1968. <laughs> <laughs> and they got to put on their boulder hats and hop on the train. I guess you could have a shovel Pittsburgh. the coal. Columbus, Cincinnati, or Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, St. Louis, Kansas City division. Just this oblong well, see, with all these, thing. you just get back to the same problem again, anyway. That everybody gets sick of these same divisions, but right? No, I know, but I, I mean, it, I mean, again, Minneapolis is way the hell up here, and Cleveland's <laughs> way the hell down here. Like, I don't know. but then who is Pittsburgh's natural rival? Would it be a Cleveland, Columbus, Pittsburgh? It, like, just a little, you know, a seventy-eight, a seventy-one, seventy. What, what highway do you take from Cleveland to Pittsburgh? Seventy. Cleveland and Pittsburgh is a good rivalry anyway. In general, that should be yeah. one. I think. Yeah, you could put but, Cincinnati's yeah. there too. They don't count. Nobody cares. About and them. Detroit. I like those four. You know, the de- the destroyed manufacturing division. That's a pretty good one. <laughs> We've solved it all. We fixed baseball. Thank you, Manfred. That one's free. That one's on us. Yeah. Um, Pay me money. So. Also, it's not free. <laughs> <laughs> that's gonna do it for our show this week uh, thank you everybody for listening if you're not already subscribed manfred uh make sure to subscribe on spotify wait rob podcast. manfred do you, or do you know a guy I'm, named manfred i'm calling out rob manfred we're on a last name basis so i'm calling out him specifically to subscribe um on spotify Listen here robert review <laughs> no no we go by manfred i don't call him robert yet we're not that close um so manfred leave a review um on apple podcast yeah, just leave a comment on our site if you want to and let's go try when the when the, the episode goes up. Whatever you want to do, let us know you're listening. That's going to do it all for this week. So, thanks for listening. Or like Cram Fred. Oh, 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 oh.
That was a clusterfuck of an ending, though. I don't know what I was doing there. <laughs> kind of circled back to the beginning of it. 